0: That created such a deep fear inside of me that I still feel to this day.
1: Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harman Brothers. Today I have a very special guest with me. I am joined by Chris Guerrero. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Chris has built 11 different companies, four of which are eight figure companies. This is a great privilege to have him here because it's rare to find somebody who has driven that much success uh, throughout their career. Chris. I want you to talk for just a second to our audience, which is mostly entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, And tell us what you're up to today. What am I up to today?
0: I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to spend a lot more time with my kids and get very lean on what I'm doing in business so that I am monofocused and can get as much done in a shorter period of time as possible, which really means figuring out what few actions drive the majority of growth in each one of my organizations and uh, the where I could bring the most value and uh, and putting the majority of my mental bandwidth right there
1: got it and business wise where is that monofocus going it's going
0: mostly into our venture capital firm and into our advisory company right now in the advisory company we just started Funny enough, right before COVID, we started an events company. Rough timing. And put uh, the majority of that on hold and did a lot of virtual events, which was wonderful. It was a great pivot for us. Uh, but that's that's pretty much where we're spending the majority of our time. You know, everything else is uh, leading the leadership teams in each one of the companies. So the great majority of my time each day, and we could get into my, my schedule during the week if you want to, but the majority of my time is spent in leadership team meetings uh, in the mornings of almost every single day of the week. And I work with the leaders, in each one of the companies going over basically three things, which keeps my finger on the pulse of everything inside the company allows me to push things forward in, you know, using my core competencies.
1: Gotcha. So the venture firm, that's an investment firm where you guys find great companies and then you make investments into those companies.
0: Yeah. You know, venture capital is really a, is such a hodgepodge of different ways that you could run a venture capital firm. Ours, there's, and, and there's so many people who, come to us for funding. So we see 15 plus prospectuses a week. It's pretty crazy. Our particular firm brings three things to the table. You know, we go out there and we look for companies that we could bring not just money to, but also experience and relationships. So when we go in there, we're only investing in a company that we know for a fact we have a core competency in and we'll be able to bring that core competency and a little bit of money and some relationships and help them to uh, scale in a big way.
1: Gotcha. So is there a particular niche or uh, industry that you guys focus your investments into?
0: So there's a lot of venture capital firms that only deal with SaaS or only deal with tech or only deal with mm-hmm. you know with offline uh, companies like that. Our firm deals more in core competencies. So if we have core competencies that we can bring to the table that we see are slightly lacking in a very, very strong company otherwise, then it's usually a good fit. So we have, we're in a variety of different industries, which is makes it a lot of fun for us because we're able to learn things from different industries and then bring them into any of the other companies that we invest in or any of the companies that are inside of my personal portfolio and like cheat and grow faster.
1: So give me an example of these core competencies where we talking like you guys are supply chain experts, your operations experts. What would be one of those that you would bring?
0: So, uh, we do have one of the partners that is a supply chain expert. I am absolutely not. My, the, I could speak to my core companies. My core companies are leadership, understanding how to locate on board and then manage great leaders, turning people who are not necessarily leaders inside of a company into great leaders inside the company if they have that emotional intelligence. Also systematizing things as we're growing. People, processes, and systems are the three things that I bring to the table when I go in.
1: Love it because you know the leadership team of any given company is the difference between success and failure. Yep. So to have that core competency to not only be able to identify those, but to develop them, that's a really big deal. Okay, Chris. So this is the poop to gold podcast and every successful person has been through some poop along their journey in order to get to the gold so to speak take us somewhere dark somewhere where you don't really like to go back to and tell us a little bit about what was going on in that really dark moment
0: yeah so there's been a lot of dark moments and i could probably pick one for each year that i've been in business Uh, and i've been in business for many many years so that's a lot of darkness uh, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to go back to I guess a story that I haven't I've only told a couple of times in my life and that's about my uh, you know my father who was the VP of a large housing development company. He was with that company for my entire life up until I was in my 20s, and I forget what year it was in my college. I think it was probably my sophomore year of college. I got a call from my family letting me know that uh, the that company just sold, and a a younger. Person came in and purchased the company. And he did basically what one of the things that I do inside my venture capital firm right now. When I go into a company, I look to cut away some of the fat and improve upon mm-hmm. the great things inside that company so that we could gain faster momentum. However, he did it in a very, in a very different way than I've ever done it. He went in there and he said, who's the highest priced? people inside of this organization who are the pay- people who are paid the most let's just cut them out that way it, they don't show up on our financials and we will be much more profitable from from day one and that sucked my father was up there on the top and he got let go
1: so he, he's was- not even looking at the the cost benefit analysis he's, he's not even saying what is this person bringing to the table he's only looking at the cost side of the of the equation absolutely absolutely and by the way I guess I'm paraphrasing because I was in my twenties at the time.
0: I didn't know the guy personally, but that's the way it seemed on my end. And that's what I heard around the dinner table. And it was was disheartening and it was scary as heck. I remember running to a buddy of mine's dorm room and explaining to him what was going on. And I didn't know if I was going to have to drop out of college to help to help my family financially i didn't know what was going to go on i mean we it was it was a
1: super scary time this is like a bomb was just dropped on your family Yeah. and and so then all of a sudden you're going whoa like my family's hurting do i need to go back do i need to go help do i need to go focus on my family how does this impact me what are what are some other uh, questions well, going through your head at that point
0: so i i don't think i was thinking about how it was going to impact me i i my dad was always and still is a mentor of mine and i i I mean he's taught me how to be a good man like i i admire so much about him i was worried about how it was going to be affecting him i didn't know what he was going to be doing next and i also didn't know what was going to be happening financially with my family I, i grew up in a family that didn't talk finances so i just knew that whatever was going on was no longer going on anymore and so there was this Scariness, darkness, like you were saying before. But then, you know, shortly after that, I found out that uh, he and a buddy of his who were who was also in the housing industry got together mm-hmm. and they were gonna pool their money together and they're gonna buy a marina because part of the marina had a bunch of property to it. So they were going to rent out the slips in the marina to boat owners so that they could park their boat in the summertime. But they were they were also gonna build these townhomes on the property
1: so, so it's kind of a cash flow investment with the slips and then it's a growth investment with the with the townhome opportunity
0: right so wonderful business model i mean it would have worked out very very well and i started working there in the summers between um semesters and it was really interesting to see these two guys who were employees try to be at entrepreneurs
1: and speaking knew- of your dad and his business partner yeah okay
0: Yeah, and it was just them running the show. I mean they had Mm -hmm. I believe one employee uh who who would help with the marina and me, who was (laughs) the son who would go there and pick shit up and, you know, do things around the around the boats and whatever. But it was scary because I watched them make a lot of very poor decisions and I would jump in every once in a while to talk to them about some way to market or some way to to handle customer support better or some way to do something. And I would always get shot down because I was a kid, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the housing market collapsed a couple of years after they started this. And as soon as the housing market collapsed, the bank wanted to pull their note and that company went bankrupt. And I got that news when I was in college as well because I had gone back to, to my next mm-hmm. semester and I got that news and it was pretty, it was, it was disruptive to say the least. And I remember I was sitting inside of a class. It was a nutrition class and I, and I was listening to the professor and the professor was talking about, I don't even know what she was talking about. I was designing a business card and I was trying to figure out how, when I go back home this summer, how I was going to start a business and I ended up starting a personal training company. I designed my business card. I also designed my flyer, my first flyer to get clients inside of that nutrition class because I loved working out at the time and I figured that's something that I've got some skill set around. Let me do mm-hmm. that. And I did. And I built this company. That was just me and a bunch of independent contractors. And I found a great way to get trainers to work for me and to get clients. And we ended up developing this thing where we had almost 150 trainers within a year up and down the East coast who I was supplying cl- uh, you know, clients to and mm-hmm. the money. And it, it was really, it was amazing. And it was based on one principle that has followed me in, to every single company that I've built in any industry. And that was, I, I wanted to help the greatest number of people possible, and then fill in the blank for whatever company I, I was building. For the personal training company, it was to help, wanted to help the greatest number of people possible to achieve their health and fitness goals. And then, you know, in every other company, I kind of molded it, but we've always had that at the heart of every company. And that personal training business turned into a health club, which turned into a chain of health clubs, which turned into... A you know fitness book, and then a series of fitness books, and then a TV show in the fitness industry, and then selling that whole organization, and going into the venture capital field, and then creating a branding company, and creating a you know a, a, there's a legal company now in our portfolio. We've got you know a variety of different things mm-hmm. that have spanned out from my core competency, right? Mm-hmm. Eight strong core companies that we had. Every single company inside of that, our portfolio are synergistic to all the other ones. So each one supports the others to help them grow. It's fun. It's like a game you now.
1: So do you feel like that bankruptcy that happened, is that part of what pushed you you know, to start your own business and to figure that out and to say, you know what, I'm not going to make these same mistakes. That created f- such a deep fear inside of me that I still feel
0: to this day. It's a fear of failure, a fear of... Inside of each other, one of our companies, I'm very focused on the lifetime value of customers. I'm very focused on relationships with our customers, with our prospects, with our teams, with everybody, really building what I believe will be a cohesiveness so that the companies don't fail. Like, and I believe that that is the heart of every company, the relationships and and the values that we have in there and the culture that we build. And I believe that, that the lessons that I learned early on from my father in business spurred on that love of relationships inside of our companies. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's more of a fear thing than it is anything else, I guess.
1: Now you, yeah, d- you described saying, it as like a fears, fear, but, but then you talked about the love of relationships. Help, help me understand what, what the fear So the fear is a failure, in my opinion, in my experience.
0: The solution to that is what can I do inside of each of our companies to make sure that we don't fail and it's developing stronger relationships, I believe. That, like, if my father and his partner had much stronger relationships with the bank, that they would have given them a lot more leniency. I believe mm-hmm. if they had much stronger relationships with their vendors. They would have been able to postpone some of the expenses that they had. I believe if they had better relationships with the boat owners. Maybe they could have uh, gone out there and, and sold them the next year of slip ownership in advance for half price or something in order to bring in, some yep. I believe relationships leveraged properly in a good way so that it's a win-win all across the board always he, he, helps people to succeed.
1: Man, I can relate to that fear you're talking about. It, I grew up poor, both of my parents were, they grew up as farmers in, uh, in Idaho. They had hard work like deeply ingrained in them, but they never learned, you know, the basic principles of finance and, and economics or even business or, or any of those things. And so they struggled to provide for our family. And I remember as a little kid, you know, I couldn't have been older than, you know, it must have been 10 or 11 years old. We're just deciding that I didn't want to follow in that same pattern. And I wanted to learn those principles that my parents didn't. And so now to this day, that fear of of not being able to provide for my family, um, it runs so deep in in me, like I, I can't think of many things that scare me worse than, uh, than not being able to, to provide for my family. Yeah, that'll keep you up at night.
0: Right. In a cold sweat. It'll yeah, you...
1: yeah, yeah, it really does. Well, um, well, awesome, Chris. I appreciate you uh, taking us to that place. I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there right now who are finding themselves in the middle of their own poop moment. And I think it's really encouraging to hear from people who have been through that and who can now look back at it and see, you know what? It actually made me who I am, and I'm grateful for the experience. So, so thank you for going there. Talk to me about uh, where our listeners can go to follow you. The primary hub is our website
0: chrisguerrero.com, but I'm, you know, I, I give a tremendous amount of content on YouTube uh, on our channel. Again, it's Chris Guerrero on YouTube, and every single one of those is pure content. Like, there's nothing in there that is pitching anything. We just, I just want to give and make sure that the people who really do want to scale mm-hmm. are building their companies right, so that we limit these companies that are living launch to launch or living paycheck to paycheck.
1: And uh, and just to wrap up one final question, if you had to give an entrepreneur one piece of advice, you know, we're, here we are sitting at the beginning of 2021, hopefully at the tail end of a pandemic, what, what is that one piece of advice that you would offer today? Don't do it alone. I, I would say don't do
0: it alone. And And it is, I guess there's a lot of different ways to go with that one. First, if you don't have a business or if you're struggling to, to get your business off the ground, you know, I would say go out there and find a partner if you can. Somebody who you could go through the blood, sweat, and tears with. Somebody who brings a, a complementary core competency to the table and you guys meaning women, men, everything. Uh, and yep. you know, work together to grow something in a big way. But if you have the ability to have team members also, not just partners, then I would say, don't do it alone, but do it with people who are experts, who are team players, who are super passionate about helping you excel. And let's take that to the next level. If you have a successful company and you just need to keep scaling, still don't do it alone. One of the best things that I ever did inside of my companies was create a board of directors. That's the umbrella. Inside of each one of our organizations, we have a board of advisors. So I would never go into a company right now. I wouldn't put money into a company as an investor. I wouldn't start a company as a partner or an owner unless that company had a board of advisors because a board of advisors is the fastest way to collapse time frames and shortcut your success curve to go from zero to seven or zero to eight or even zero to nine figures if you put the right people in place because you're not doing it alone. You're surrounding yourself with great people.
1: Getting their collective wisdom and experience. Absolutely. Chris, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate you sharing your your experience and your knowledge with our listeners. Thank you. It was, it was awesome. Now, make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. At Harmon Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses. Lumi deodorant and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth. They want that type of branding and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.